0: And welcome back to Property Mastermind Podcast, episode 10, with the world famous Bob Anderson, straight from down the hallway.
1: Oh, yeah, great to be here. Number 10, you're smashing them out.
0: I know, I've actually bought you four a week. It was supposed to be just me this week, but I just thought I'd bring you in. Had had a bit of feedback, somebody (laughs) asked a question and I thought, well, hey, get the big guy in.
1: Why not? Good to be here.
0: Hey, so... Remember, we give away a coaching session. I give away a coaching session after each podcast, and for the comments that come in and emails I receive, and this week goes to somebody that we know in our community as well. Really?
1: To, who? Nathan Seekham. Oh, Nathan!
0: Congratulations! <laughs> yeah, congrats, Nathan. So we'll be in touch, and uh, you are the lucky winner of a coaching session with myself.
1: You are lucky, Nathan. Hillary will turn your life around, guaranteed. I did mine anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. I think it means that's a good thing. It's a good thing. So today we're talking about what makes a good development site.
1: Yeah. Well, somebody might say one that makes lots of money.
0: Absolutely.
1: Everyone wants <laughs> That'd to make be a lots good start. Of money. It would be a good start. It's not where you start, though. that's where you finish.
0: Yeah, no, I know. And there you go. Actually, before we address that, why don't mm. we address the whole wood duck thing? Bob's oh. famous word when he ha- has workshops, <laughs> he talks about wood ducks.
1: Wood ducks, yeah, I know. I've met quite a few wood ducks.
0: So a wood duck, if you don't know, he refers to somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah,
1: yeah, a silly person. Mm. Hmm. So We meet quite a few in the uh, world of property development from time to time.
0: Don't do their due diligence. Buy a yeah. site. Expect it to make money. It's never going to make money. They lose money and they're just known as a wood duck. They get to a certain point and they decide to sell it because they know they're not going to make money and the only way they can get out of it is if another wood duck comes along to bail them out. Quack, Another
1: wood duck to bail out the first wood duck. And we see that happen sometimes. Oh, my
0: goodness, yeah. It's hilarious.
1: Yeah, Yeah, wood ducks. Oh, well, yeah, No, look, they're part of life in the property development world.
0: They are. Bob's famous for using the word. Can't beat a good wood duck. (laughs) They always make for good stories. Uh, Have we got any wood ducks in tonight's podcast? Oh,
1: I don't know. I could probably find one if I think about it.
0: Yeah, we'll see what comes up. Right. Yeah. Well, okay, so here we are, episode 10, what makes a good development site. We started off with, well…
1: Where do you start? Like if you're looking for a development site, you don't just jump on the horse and gallop out there and look at the first site you can find, do you? There's a little little bit of housework, I think, a little bit of preliminary work has to be done first. <laughs>
0: housework, I like the way you use that. <laughs> I think you mean to ask, decide, find out what you can afford?
1: Well, that would be a good start. It would be a bit of yeah. good housework. Th- don't go looking for an eight townhouse site if you can only afford a duplex. And a lot of people don't understand what they can really afford to do. You know, they get all all hyped up and already, and you know, out of the blocks. You know, like the hundred final in the Olympics, not really knowing. Well, what can I really afford to buy? And so, you need to get assessed.
0: Yeah, totally. You need to tidy up your bookwork and get your finances assessed and see how much you've got to get started. That's really number yeah, one step.
1: Yeah, a, a good when I say a finance broker, you know, with property development. The, the first part of the finance is like buying the site, but then later on you're going to need more money to do the construction. So that can be a second type of uh, finance down there. And so what you need is a good broker who can look at the whole deal and say, okay, show me your assets, your liabilities, what sort of capital you got, what you earn, your income and all that, have a look, and they can work out pretty much what you can afford to buy as far as the site goes and whether you've got enough capital to go all the way. That's if- a good start.
0: And people, you don't always have to have enough to go the whole way. As long as you've got enough to buy the site, you're well on your way anyway.
1: Yeah, that's true. And and look, we're not limited by the amount of money we own because we can use investors' funds.
0: Yeah. This isn't going to be about investors, though. It's not
1: about investors. Not but I'm just saying if, I- if, if you come up a bit short on funds, that's what you need yeah, to do. And yeah. that's, a, that's a solution.
0: Yeah, totally. So your number one, what makes a good uh, property development site? Well, you've got to know how much you can afford to start yeah, with. Yeah.
1: And, and what do you want to develop? mm what type of development now is it a land subdivision or you want to do townhouses or you want to you want to step up on your first one and do apartments
0: or just straight into a splitter the yeah old, yeah the old basic Could up. be a,
1: a favorite little two lot subby splitter how yeah, good yeah that's where property development starts at the splitter mm. and uh, and up from there so that, that's got a bit to do with with what you can afford to do of course i mean if you can only afford to do let's say let's well, not only Only you'd be great. If you could afford to do a duplex in a particular area, then that's what you look for.
0: That leads me on to probably what people are really interested in. What's that? What's a good area?
1: Oh, a good area. Well, I like to to head off knowing who my target market is Mm. because that's got a little bit to do with the area. And what I mean by that is, are we going to target investors or are we going to target owner-occupiers? Now, that doesn't mean that if you target investors, you can't sell to owner-occupiers or vice versa. Uh, that that's not the case at all but it's good to know what market you're going to target Mm. because that that can have a little bit to do with where you do it Uh, like investors investors are driven by by rentals so obviously if you're going to sell to an investor the investor wants the property to rent well
0: Mm.
1: number one rule has to rent well keep the investor happy so what makes a property rent well
0: and you think about where you even if you're like unsure like what even how you break that down simply look where you live now are they mostly people who live in their own house or are they renting? And you can usually tell if it's a renting area. It's quite, it's quite obvious. Count
1: yeah, the, <laughs> the car's on the street. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> they stack them up. Yeah. So that's sort of a, a great place to start. But yes, yeah, you're so, exactly right. So,
1: so thinking about it in, in, renders, what do they want? Well, transport's a big thing. They do. And you know how I have a, Bob, a love affair with what? Bob loves a good train station. Can't beat a good train station. He likes
0: like. to he likes to be within walking distance yeah. of a train station yeah. if he's developing a particularly for investors. Yes yeah, I mean, and investor. Handy property.
1: for owner occupiers, but particularly mm. investors. What, what's my second love affair with? Have to be a bus interchange. <laughs> You're yeah. a weirdo, I know.
0: Yeah. In
1: love with train stations and bus interchanges. But they've always worked really well for me when i when I'm being targeting investors. Transport's a big thing. Mm. The cost of parking, car ownership, uh, and multi-car ownership as well. Yeah, transport's big, close to entertainment.
0: Yeah, like sh- even like shopping or cafes. I mean, you know yourself. You're looking for something to if you've looked for something to rent. It often says uh, close to shops and cafes or close to schools. Mm. There's another one, schools. So entertainment and schools. Yeah,
1: yeah, big bigger one probably with owner occupy schools. But yeah, but but the things you know when I'm looking at investment, I'm thinking about transport number one. Maybe work, like work centres, like hospitals, those sorts of things, mm. hospitals, unions They yeah, always yeah. They always make good investment properties. And a, a little bit different for, for owner-occupiers. Like owner-occupiers, you want it to be in a suburb where there is a majority of owner-occupiers as opposed to what I call a dormitory suburb. So I call a dormitory suburb. You know there's some suburbs that are just high number of renters. And, and nothing wrong with that. They're, they're great for investment properties, but not necessarily great for owner-occupiers and so an area that that has a high percentage of owner occupiers is is good for developing for owner occupiers mm. i mean things like schools uh, particularly if it's in a school area that's in, an in demand school yeah you know owner occupiers particularly obviously people with families with kids uh, that can be a big thing transport too you know but less so than than with investors i mean i think owner occupiers and investors like you know the coffee club scene the mm. close to cinemas all that sort of stuff lifestyle
0: like us. Walk down the road, have a coffee.
1: <laughs> yeah, well <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're,
0: we're at fifteen meters of about five cafes.
1: Yeah, five cafes and a boutique brewery.
0: Yeah, I know, not bad.
1: And a new ice cream shop.
0: Yes. Brand new ice cream. So shop. yeah,
1: we like the we like lifestyle. We like beach. Yes. Beach is always great. I mean great, talk about owner occupies, things like that.
0: What else makes a good development site? I know what doesn't make a good development site. Tell me. Flooding. Oh,
1: flooding. Oh, now yeah, you're getting technical. Mm, flooding makes yeah. are not good. It doesn't oh,
0: mean you can't develop it. It just means it costs a bit more. Yeah. yeah. Overland flow.
1: Overland flow. Mm. Yeah. Well, that can add a lot to the build cost because you have to build, let's say you're doing townhouses, you have to build them up in the air uh, on a like a suspended slab where the water can flow underneath it with, without impeding it. And so that adds a lot you to You
0: did the a cost. great, was it, this week you did that deal or no deal?
1: Yep. Deal or no deal. Just, just that the one was... we
0: sent out to our whole database. Everyone got to see that it wasn't just in the membership. I'm oh, not that one. sure. I think so.
1: I'm not in Pretty charge database, of marketing.
0: You might you, you might have have
1: ask a marketing manager. Bob about does that. a
0: deal or no deal for about twenty minutes and he goes through a whole deal. That's so good. If you what there were one went out in our email, mm. I could actually put a link in the show notes to it, actually. Yeah, you can do that. Or put it on YouTube and yeah, yeah, you can have a look.
1: If you love wood ducks, there's one and a half wood ducks in that one. Oh mm. yeah. It's a good wood duck story. Yeah, it's a good wood duck that story. About what not to do yeah so those um those good areas I and tell
0: you something else that you that we watch out for is being close to a train station, but not too close to the train tracks,
1: not too close, yeah yeah, yeah that's right, you know when you're sleeping it's <laughs> <laughs> I used to well I was brought up not far from a train station, but
0: that explains a bit
1: yeah, but back in those <laughs> days <laughs> when when, when I was it. really little they had twiddy trains, you know that used to go no
0: too oh, didn' no the
1: chitty, those sort of trains you know. That's a long time ago. Oh, it a long Seriously. Time ago. That was yeah, eighteen whatever it was. <laughs> Before Federation anyway. Oh my when goodness. I was quite young. Uh, yeah. So but, uh, Hey,
0: what about we were talking today about one of the people in our mentoring program and he has a development site. So when we're saying what makes a good development site, well, he actually just bought a house to hopefully just have a lifestyle block for him and his family. And pretty much he's been told he has to develop it.
1: Well, It's more that he, I I think he wanted to cut it into two lots. Mm. I think what he wanted to do, you're right, he bought it it like a semi-rural block. I I don't know how many acres it it is. And with an existing house, I think what he wanted to do is renovate that house and then just cut the land into two lots, sell off the, the original renovated house and then build a nice family home on the second lot.
0: Council wasn't up for it.
1: No, no. They,
0: <laughs> they've, they've turned it into a 13-lot <laughs> subdivision, I think. Well,
1: it? <laughs> they, they said it was an underutilisation of the site. Mm. And I've come across that. If a site has a particular development potential and you intend to develop it at a lot lower density, if you like, they can arc up on it.
0: Yes, what are they, they saying? No, I'm sorry, you, can, you have to make more.
1: Well, they can. It's a bit of an argument. You know, I've never actually taken it to court, but it can happen. We've seen that where. Property's been, let's say, zoned up, could be up for apartments. Somebody just wants to cut a block in half and uh, just have two lots, but you might be able to do 15 apartments on the lot. And the council say, no, we don't want it just two houses, two lots. We want apartments. And
0: I think what's funny about Kyle's story is he got to that point and then he was told he had to, had to do more. And then he approached us and he's like, oh my goodness, I'm really nervous. And we like, yep, Bob's like, well, we can take you through this and talk you through it. And within how many weeks? Now he's like looking for more straight away.
1: I know, I know. He started off, you know, not like I call him the accidental developer.
0: Yeah, he is the accidental developer.
1: Because <laughs> he, he only wanted to cut a block into two two lots. Now he's subdividing it into what about thirteen lots? I yes. think it is. So he's accidentally sort of been pushed by council into doing that.
0: And he's, he's all excited now. He's looking for now more now, straight now, away.
1: So the more time he spent with us, the more he learns. And, and now he's got the hunger. So, yeah, like, where's my next one? You know, it's gone from a guy that was quite nervous. Yeah. A yeah. little bit a little bit nervous is good yeah. uh, to wanting the next deal.
0: It's pretty exciting for, for that young family.
1: Yeah. So, you know, there's a situation. That's, that's a good site. Potentially could do a lot more than we originally wanted to do to it, but mm. hey, it's going to be a good thing.
0: Mm. What about zoning, Bob? Pretty critical. Pretty critical <laughs> when you're looking for a good development site?
1: Well, yeah, and that gets back to what you want to develop. So let's just say you wanted to do... A small townhouse project, well, it has to be zoned for townhouses. If it's just zoned for single houses on single lots, it's not going to get there. No. So, yeah, zoning's important. If it's apartments you want to do, well, it's got to be zoned for apartments and mm. townhouses. So, yeah. I no. think we've talked about before,
0: you know, where, where we are. There are a lot of apartments just in a, in a certain area of the, of the town that actually need re, redoing altogether. They need to be rebuilt. They're sort of ageing quite badly. But they have to only be apartments now. They can't mm. come down. And it's just not worth it.
1: No, no, no. It takes a long time before an old apartment block is worth knocking is over and, knocking and down, and, yeah. and not only that, you've got to get everybody to agree to it. You know, you've mm. got to get all the owners to agree. And that's, uh, that's like herding cats. Oh, gosh. Getting people to agree to something like that.
0: <laughs> it's like family Christmas for a lot of people, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... Getting everybody to agree.
1: <laughs> but, you know, talking about the the right sort of site. I'm not big on slopey blocks. No. No, I have done a few in my time. I bet you have. <laughs> and um, probably halfway through wished I hadn't. Yeah. Because a lot of – What a lot of puts drowners. you off
0: about a slopey site?
1: Well, they cost more to build on, which mm. is not rocket science. Of course they do. But, but the thing is this, that it might be the right zoning, it might be really well located, but it's got slope, so it's going to cost you more to build. You don't get any more when you sell the townhouses, let's say. It, that's based on, you know standard of finish, their size, their locality. Uh, the fact that they're built on a slopey block, you don't get any more for them, but they cost you more to build. So the only way you can maintain your profit margin is to get a reduction on the land value. In other words, the land value has to be lower mm. than, let's say, a block of land across the street that's flat. And a lot of people don't realise that. That's what you come up against, you know, when you're looking at sites. I call them the mums and dads mm. in a nice way. Yeah. They're just regular people. They don't understand property development and, and they come to sell their property and, fair enough, like anybody, you want to get the best price you can. And let's say they saw last week, <laughs> keep it recent, yeah. across the road, somebody sold their eight. It is
0: It is 1st of August 2021. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it the 1st? I think it is. Mm, I don't yeah, know. So even this week, they saw this week, sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so let's say the neighbour across the road sold their, their site for X dollars, 800,000, let's say. And then they say, okay, we're going to sell ours for 800,000 because we're just the other side of the street. It's the same size, but they've got a slopey block. And let's just say to build those four townhouses might cost us another twenty thousand a townhouse. It's gonna to cost us eighty thousand more to build them. We're not gonna get one cent more when we sell them. So that eighty thousand has to come off, off the price. Yeah. So with no other differences, the mum and dad site's worth seven twenty, not eight hundred. The one over the road was worth eight hundred because it was level.
0: It's flat. Yeah.
1: The other one over the road, the mum and dad's lot, eighty thousand more to build the townhouse, the eighty thousand has to come off the land value. Mm. Otherwise, you won't be able to make your problem <laughs> Because
0: you always say that, eh? You can't go selling it and say, yeah, I'm really sorry, I have to add an extra 20000 for this because it was slopey. Yeah. The buyer's like, no, we yeah. don't care. No, they don't care, no. no.
1: And I've, and you can say, oh, I've got a really complex roof and I've got lots of hips and ridges and valleys. It costs me a lot of money. Can I get another $8,000 off you for the roof? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> don't they, care. No. So that can, you know, that's another subject for another day mm. is, is buildability. Uh, but that's, you know, that, so I don't like, I don't like slopey sites. I've I've done a few, trying to avoid them. perfect site is either dead level or a very slight slope from the back of the down to the road. That's where we're going to hook up the services, eh? Yeah,
0: exactly. I was going to say, do you want to explain why? Do you want to explain why? Yeah, hooking up the services.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, that's important. Uh, You know, stormwater and sewage particularly, we want to get a connection, and and it it can only flow downhill. Mm. It flows under gravity. So if it just, like, slopes slightly to the road or... Slopes down. We can get our connection. That's mm. good. Don't have to go through a neighbour's. Don't have to go down the road to connect.
0: And it's not hard to go through a neighbour's, it's just extra and asking and you're just stuff involved. Oh neighbours. I know. Oh. Look, What is that, What's that terminology for neighbours who don't want you there? The
1: oh, NIMBYs. NIMBYs. Not in my backyard. <laughs> They're the people that object to your um, everything. Object to everything. <laughs> they,
0: they object to your everythings. Yeah, yeah. The NIMBYs.
1: I've done developments where, where I've had NIMBYs next door oh, and oh, yeah. they object to the development, you know. But there's no real town planning grounds other than the fact that, you know, when I came here 40 years ago, I didn't expect to have four neighbours. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's, you've been lucky you lasted four years with only, with only one neighbor. Now you're going to have four when I do these four townhouses. Yeah, congratulations.
0: You've know? you got four lovely neighbors moving in. Yeah.
1: But it's, but it's funny because in a couple of cases I've seen, you know, a few years later they go to, to sell their uh, property.
0: The NIMBYs looking for you?
1: The NIMBYs go yeah. to sell their property. What do they sell it as? Potential development site. Why? Yeah. Because it's worth more than their crappy old house. Yeah. They're only too happy for it to be a development site Yeah. when they go to sell. The
0: old short-term memory.
1: Yeah, yeah, that and that works. But but neighbours, you know, I've had pretty good luck with neighbours mm. over the years. Some, You've got some
0: good strategies, though, about approaching them. You know, you talk about how to approach neighbours to yeah. get on site and stuff.
1: Well, you don't want to come on like the wealthy developer. No. It's good if you borrow a mate's car. And, and rock up in a not-too-expensive car. And, uh, yeah, but, but, I mean, sometimes we have to go into a neighbour's property. If it's the only way we could get, say, a sewer or a stormwater connection, the pipe happens to be in the neighbour's property. And uh, I've had pretty good luck just, just being a regular guy mm. and explaining, Tell them we're going to – what I sometimes do is tell them, oh, I'm going to give you a new fence, and you don't have to pay a cent. I'm just going to cover the cost on the fence. The reason being…
0: Everyone loves a new fence.
1: Everyone loves a new fence. <laughs> but but it's, it's one of the conditions of your development approval is probably that you're going to have to put up a new fence around your townhouses and you can't charge the neighbours, but they don't know that. And and so, so I'm going to throw in a new fence for you. I'm not going to ask you for half.
0: Crikey! If anyone's listening, and their neighbour and their neighbour just bought them a new fence, if they could share some some of their I hope,
1: I hope, stormwater. None of the neighbours to my next side are watching this. Yeah. Uh, but but sometimes it you know it's just catch up, have a coffee. One time uh, I was involved in a larger project. It's about twenty-one townhouses. The only way we could get the water out without spending a lot of money was to go through a neighbour's property, and there's a little old lady owned it. And uh, I can remember that's I like, this is going back ages. I mean, this could be twenty years ago. And I can remember sitting in the little old lady's kitchen having cup of tea after cup of tea.
0: <laughs> talking and, her into it.
1: And talking about her parrot. Oh, no. <laughs> and her cat. Oh, no. The parrot and the cat got on okay, thank goodness. And uh, I, I would have been there two hours, you know, just talking about things and, oh, yes, dear. And, you know, just explaining, you know, we didn't put this pipe here, but we're going to give you a lovely new fence. <laughs> and, you know, we're going to make the ground really good, just the same, you know, make it, Make it just like it was, you know, before, and we'll, we'll do it quickly.
0: What was I, her first name? Do you remember?
1: Oh, I don't know. It was an old-fashioned name. Like, like
0: Ethel or something. Oh, Ethel or em- Emily,
1: maybe. Mabel's yeah, not
0: old-fashioned. It's trendy these days. Well,
1: it's days. trendy. No, they, well, they do that. They're like hula hoops. They keep coming back, old names. But <laughs> but I remember doing it. And look, it was, it was fair. Yeah, and you're not the sort of person to rip people off. I could. No, no. I mean, I I just asked her if it would be okay. You just had
0: to hear the parrot and cat stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was all
1: done over several cups of tea. You know, Hmm. and and look, most of the time I found neighbours pretty approachable. You get the odd one, but I mean that's life. You know, most people are approachable and good. You just get the Mm odd one.
0: What about the area as in like a little bit less cheaper area? I don't want to say, Mm. I'm not going to say it, like cheaper versus more expensive versus middle of the road. I know your favourite area, you're you're more let's work in the middle of the road, let's more work upper end there, that's your spot. But some people, I know people that work in upper end. Yeah, so we're talking about like the
1: top end of the market, the expensive end of the market. Mm. I tend not to go there too often at all. But as you say, we, we know people that do yeah. and specialise in developing up. Look, in some cases- in fact,
0: I wrote her down. I wrote, I wrote the wife's name down and I was, I was hoping to bring her on this podcast.
1: Really? Yeah. you have to tell me who that is later. Anyway, I tend to work the middle of the market yeah. or the upper part of the middle, if you can define that. And look, that's going to be different everywhere you go. It's mm-hmm. like it's no point putting a dollar value on it. No. Because every city is going to be different. But I'll tell you what I don't do. I, I don't develop in areas where the sale prices are low.
0: I'm going to tell you why. Because it costs the same amount of money to build there as it does to build in the mid-regions.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So it's harder to make your profit.
1: Yeah, it is. And it's
0: harder to make it stack up. Yeah,
1: look, what consultants charge, what an engineer or, a, or an architect charges to do all those all those consultants, all those professionals, what they charge. They don't charge by the suburb. They charge by the job. So if you're doing four townhouses in a really cheap area versus four townhouses in a lot better area, fees are all the same. Interest rate. Money. That's a
0: really good tip that not that a lot of people don't get. I talked to somebody within the last couple of weeks, rang just to find out about the courses and stuff Mm -hmm. and they had bought in a cheaper area and they had to wait for about a a number of years before it's getting close to working Uh and i got off the phone and i said to bob it's such a shame that people wait to get educated after they buy something. This is a wood duck.
1: That's an expensive education.
0: Yeah, because we're, then we got talking about highest and best use, which I want to use as another podcast. But, you know, it's not the highest and best use of no. your money if it's tied up all of that time and it could have been multiplying had he gone into another area and made that money multiply instead of waiting for it to crawl its way it, out of it the you could hole. have
1: made a profit three and a half or four years ago.
0: Yep. Again and, and again. And probably
1: be into his third project yeah. at, a, at a time when he's not in, even into his first one.
0: Yeah, it's a bit of a shame. That's that's a bit of a wood duck wood well, duck moment.
1: That is a wood duck moment.
0: Mm.
1: I've had people say to me, oh, I'm going to develop in cheap areas because there's going to be a lot more people can afford it. It doesn't work. No. No, because like you were saying, it costs the same amount of money to build, you know, a 160-square-metre townhouse. All the professionals charge the same. The banks charge the same interest rate. The difference is uh, there's only two differences, what you pay for the land and what you can sell it for, and it it just doesn't leave a profit margin. And a lot of those areas, to actually make a profit, it's worth more as a house. Yeah. You know, you just talked about highest and best use, alluding to it. It's worth more more as a house, not as a development site. Yeah. That's what happens. That's a falsity to think that, you know, just because more people can afford it, it must be a good thing. Mm. Except whoever you're talking to found out.
0: Okay, so what have we covered there? We've gone with... First of all, what you can afford before you even start your development. Yeah, what else we have, Very of? important.
1: What about what are you going to develop? Are you going to do a little subdivision or some townhouses? We talked about what. Hmm. Well, of course, that'll dictate the zoning, Yes. what we want to build.
0: Zoning, yes.
1: And I think knowing who your target market
0: is. That's right. Are we owner, occupier or are we investor?
1: That helps choose the right area.
0: We didn't really. We talked a lot about the investor market as mm. in that would be looking for like being around universities, being around uh, places of work, being transport, around transport. Don't forget favourite transport. Train station. Mm-hmm. We Bus did, interchanges. We I'm didn't,
1: getting <laughs> We
0: didn't really talk too much about if you if you were developing for the owner. Yeah. yeah. More specifically for an owner. Well, what, I tend
1: to make the, let's say a townhouse. Just a little bit bigger mm-hmm. and a highest, a little bit higher standard of finish mm-hmm. than than what I would do for an investor. It doesn't mean an investor wouldn't buy. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean an owner occupier wouldn't uh, buy something for an investor. But it's good to know what what you're tar- who you're targeting. Yeah, yeah. I think that helps with the location and it helps you with the with the design and the fixtures and fittings as well. And and of course, my favourite, not building on slopes, ideally. No. Or if you do. Nothing wrong with building on a slope, but make sure that because it's going to cost you more, you have to get the land cheaper.
0: I think I've – we drove past one, uh, that one with the the batons on. You pointed out your developments like right there. That
1: was on a slope, wasn't it? Oh, look, I have done a few on slopes, yeah. but, a, but you know, my feasibility is such that I had to get the land cheaper to compensate for the extra build cost. That's really what it's about, and uh, mm. a lot of landowners don't know that, and maybe some developers don't. It's kind
0: of, it's kind of weird <laughs> when we're driving around and he'll be like, Oh, I developed that. Yeah, I made that one there. Oh, I see that back over there? Yeah, that's one of mine. I'm like, oh, it's pretty cool. Well, <laughs> if you've
1: been doing it for 38 years, you'll find a few around the place. Yeah, there's a
0: few around. Yeah, too, too. Yeah, so all those things
1: make up ending so, up with a good size.
0: So, yeah, slopes. Overland Flow, check that. Not too much of a fan of the flooding.
1: We've got all those normal due diligence items that we've covered, you know, getting service connections, those sorts of things mm. as well. All important. There's a whole range of things, really. But just
0: making what makes a good one, when, that's actually another good point, that services aren't too hard to get to. Mm, got
1: to get if, those connections.
0: Yeah, if the connections. And are, if
1: we have to go through a neighbour, it better be a friendly one. Yes. Otherwise,
0: there's a few cups of tea. And lots,
1: lots of cups of tea, of maybe of, bottles of wine. I've done that too.
0: I bet you have. bottles <laughs> of wine and cats and parrot stories again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anything you need, whatever you need to do.
0: <laughs> whatever you want to talk about.
1: Yep. That's the you gotta get the neighbour on side. Yeah. So yeah, so lots lots of little boxes to tick. That's all part of, you know, due diligence, I suppose, you know. And that's another subject we could de- dig deep on one time, but they're but, the sorts of things yeah to look for in a good a good sign.
0: And the reason I wanted to have this topic today is because I've got to ask a question on the YouTube channel and he said, you know, how how do I even know where to start? And I thought here you go. What makes a good development site? There's a great topic. Mm. But if you have any other topics you'd like to email me and let me know that you'd like us to discuss, feel free to email them in.
1: Yep, that'll be great.
0: I think we've just about covered it off, Bob. Well, I think so. Short and sweet. Yep. Yeah, you know, quite useful. That's the name of the game.
1: That's the idea.
0: Well everybody, I hope you did find that useful uh, some good tips from Bob around what makes a good property development site. As I said, this week's winner of the coaching call is Nathan Seekem. Woohoo, Nathan and lockdown so I'll, I'll be in touch because you're in New South Wales so.
1: You're in for a treat Nathan.
0: And that's it from me.
1: That's it from me.
0: Catch you next time. Bye. Bye.